So it says, um, Therefore, brothers and sisters, holy partners, that's what we're called, holy partners, in a heavenly calling. Holy partners in a heavenly calling. Consider Jesus. Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our confession, was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was also faithful in all of God's house. Yet Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that would be spoken later. Christ, however, was faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if we hold firm the confidence and the pride that belong to hope. So really, um, the whole of Hebrews is about holding firm, keeping on going, not slipping back. And the best way to do that is to consider Jesus. So the scripture this morning is, is really about Jesus being greater than Moses. And, um, and the, the Hebrew Christians who received this letter in the early part of the first century were um, on the verge of giving up. They'd become, they were Jews, they'd become Christians but they were on the verge of giving up their Christian faith and going back to the old ways, to, to Judaism, to the old sacrifices. And the reason was they were being persecuted, they weren't able to um, meet freely, um, they were um, challenged uh, to lose their jobs, to lose all their goods. It was very, very hard being a Christian then, and they felt like giving up. There's a temptation. Being Christians was trouble for them. And they were thinking about going back to the old ways. Even, it says, tempted to give up meeting together with their brothers and sisters. Uh, Hebrews 12, 12 describes drooping hands and weak knees. And some of us all know about drooping hands and weak knees at times. Tempted to stop worshipping Jesus as God. Tempted to go back to the temple and the sacrifices and all the demands of the law. In essence, they were doubting the value of Jesus. They were doubting, is Jesus better than Moses? Moses represented the law. Is Jesus really the better? Because it seems like it's hard to be a Christian. And the whole book of Hebrews was written really with the main purpose to stop Christians drifting back going back into the world, as it were, to the old ways. And really this passage reminds us what a wonderful, wonderful thing God has done for us through Jesus Christ, Jesus his Son. And I pray this morning that all of us, however we feel this morning, and there's lots of anxiety around in the world, you know, if you're listening to the news, and you may feel that your hands are drooping, and you've, you've got weak, wobbly knees. Well, I pray that God will bless us all and give us lots of grapes this morning.
that we can tread out and think about during the week. So in Hebrews chapter 3, Jesus is being compared to one of the greatest figures in Jewish history. Because um, next to Abraham, Moses was the most important person for the Jews. He was right up there as their saviour from the, the Egyptians and the one who gave them the law. He was their great hero. They really honoured him. He was the one that received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. The whole of their religion was based on the Ten Commandments and, and, and the law of Moses. And they were saying, you know, it's very hard to be a Christian. Why don't we just go back to the hero of the faith, Moses? Why don't we go back to the law? But the writers of the Hebrews were saying, don't, don't do that. Because the law is a hard taskmaster. In Jesus Christ, we have grace and mercy. And so he argues, don't go back to the law. Consider Jesus. Look at him again. And if you're tempted to go back to Moses, I want to explain to you how wonderful Jesus is in comparison, and that's what the author is doing in chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Consider Jesus. Is it a good idea, he's saying, to drift from Jesus? Is that a good idea? To slip back, to backslide, to fall away? Now, you notice in his argument, he's a very, whoever wrote Hebrews, we don't know for sure, but he. He's, he's, he's very wise because he knows his hearers love Moses. And so if you look at chapter 3, verse 2, he says, he starts his argument by saying, Moses was faithful to the one who appointed him. Faithful in all God's house. And, and this is wise because he's saying, you know, I know you revere Moses. And truly, he is a wonderful person. But now let me argue something even more wonderful. I'm going to compare Moses with Jesus. Moses brought God's word to Israel. He came down the mountain. God met him on the mountain. And then Moses spoke to the people like a prophet. And Moses was like a mediator because he was a priest-like figure. He would pray on behalf. He would intercede. But it says, verse 2, that Jesus was, was, was also faithful. In fact, it describes Jesus in verse 1 as the apostle. Can you see that? The apostle. Consider Jesus the apostle. And that reminded me of the wonderful introduction to Hebrews. You must read it when you get home because it, it's comparing who Jesus Christ is. It says that God previously spoke to us by people like Moses and the prophets... But in these last days he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. Jesus is altogether different than Moses. He brought the universe into being. Yes, Moses stood before God and he prayed to the people. Moses was a priest. But Jesus is not only the Apostle, but chapter 3, verse 1. 
Jesus, the apostle, and the high priest. So he's saying, you know, Moses may have interceded, but Jesus intercedes for us in heaven. He is our eternal high priest. He ever lives to intercede. And of course, Jesus made the supreme sacrifice on our behalf on the cross. And so he prays as he was the sacrifice, but he is also the priest. And he ever lives to intercede. And Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 has these words. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. And friends, you know those times when your knees are weak and your, your hands feel feeble and you're really thinking, what lies up ahead? Remember that he lives to intercede for you. And that he is your high priest. That he is the apostle. He is holy. He is blameless. He is undefiled. And he is in heaven praying for you. These are wonderful words to encourage us in, in difficult times. And the writer is saying, look, you honoured Moses. Moses was a special person. How much more must you honour Jesus? Because he is the son and he is a faithful high priest. And he is worthy of our honour, worthy of our worship. And that's why we meet together in public assembly. Because Moses was never worshipped. Moses was never worshipped because he was a human being, he was a created being. But the Lord Jesus is worthy of our worship because he is God. Moses was a servant in God's house, it says. Jesus was the son. Moses was just a man. Maybe one of the best men who ever lived, certainly the humblest man that ever lived. But Jesus is by far, far the greatest human being because he is the God-man. He is Jesus, the Son of God. In fact, it says <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 1, he bears the very stamp and nature of God. And so the writer is saying, and he's saying to us, if ever we feel weak in the faith, why would you go back? Why would you go back? What is there for you? Do you remember how Peter once, I think, I'm not sure if he was in the boat or if he was with the Lord Jesus, and a lot of people just left Jesus because the sayings of Christ were too hard. And, Pete, and Jesus turned to Peter and said, are you going to go as well? And Peter said these lovely words, who would we go to, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Who would we go to? Where else would you go apart from Jesus? Moses brought the law uh, to Israel and led them out to the promised land. He was, his ministry was foundational to the people of God, to the house of God. But Jesus, it says, was over God's house. If you look at uh, chapter 3, verse 6, it says there, Christ, however, was faithful over God's house as a son. So we are his house, the church. Christ is over the house. 
Moses was a child of God. Jesus makes children of God. There is no one that can make a child of God except Jesus. You must be born again. And it is Jesus Christ that allows us to be born again. How wonderful. How wonderful. Do you remember Moses in Egypt and, and encouraging the people, have a Passover lamb, have the blood on the lintel post, and then you'll be saved from the destructing angel. That was just a shadow of the cross to come. The deliverance from slavery in Egypt was not the ultimate deliverance. The ultimate deliverance for you and I was the cross of Christ. That is our assurance. That is why we can sleep at night peacefully. That is why we do not need to fear as others fear, because we have come. We have come. And I don't think I should um, miss this opportunity because I've, I've shared this verse the last few Sundays. Uh, but you have come, this is chapter 12, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festival gathering. We are the firstborn, enrolled in heaven, and it's because of Jesus and all that he did. So Moses taught about the Passover lamb, but Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Praise his holy name. Why would we go back from him? Why would we go back from him? One other point. Some of you may remember, back in the Old Testament, Moses, in one part of his life, made a dreadful mistake. He lost his temper. He was supposed to be doing God's business. He was so irritated with the people of God that he struck the rock twice with his staff. He said, what now, you rebels? Must we bring water out of this rock? He was told to strike it once and once alone, but he in anger struck it twice and he was so angry. And God said, Moses, you failed, you lost your temper, and as a result, you will not be allowed to enter the promised land. Moses, of course, went to heaven. And no one knows where Moses' body was buried. But the point is made here that any saviour needs to be perfect. And although Moses was a good man, he was still a sinner. He was still imperfect and impulsive. You see, he was just a shadow of the ultimate deliverer. The one who was to come. Moses slipped and fell. But Jesus Christ never failed. He never felt short. He lived the perfect life. So that when you trust him and you come to heaven, you know for sure you have no fear of God's wrath because you wear the robe of Jesus Christ, the perfect life, which he has lived for you. No wonder Jesus is able to bring many sons to glory. Chapter 2, verse 10. Of Hebrews, It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. That's our Lord Jesus Christ, the pioneer. And because of him, many sons come to glory. And that's, that's who you are. Sons and daughters of the living God. Holy brothers and sisters. So the, the writer is saying to the Jewish Christians, remember... 
who you are. Remember that you are holy in God's sight. Remember that Jesus is your saviour and hold fast to this. Grip hold of it and don't slip back. Don't be tempted to fall away because of the difficulties of the Christian life, the hardships. Why would Jesus have said that to be a Christian is like carrying a cross every day if it were not true? Look to Jesus. Consider Jesus. Ask him for help every day. Especially when you wake up in the morning and life just floods in. And you, if, especially if you make the mistake of listening to the news. <laughs> and, and your whole day gets sort of tainted by troubles. I always think it's a good idea to start with Jesus. First thing of the day. Give the first part of the day to him. Get your mind set on him. Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. And it's important to do this because there is a caution here. And that's why I asked Martin to read that passage. You might have thought, where does that passage link in here? But you see, the reason was, Miriam, Moses' sister, and others dared to criticise God's servant Moses. They said, why is he so special? Why can't we do the same that he does and have the same sort of, you know, authority? But, the, and the, the Hebrew is, is uh, in chapter 3, is, is mentioning this passage because it's a very solemn and very frightening thing to criticise God's messenger. And he, he is using that because he's saying to the Hebrew Christians, don't do what Miriam did. Miriam said, how important is, um, Miriam said, How important is, is, is Moses? Can't I do the same? And the, and the Hebrew Christians were saying, How important is Jesus? Can't we go back to the temple and the sacrifices? Why should we listen to Jesus? And the writer to the Hebrews is saying, Listen, what happened all those years ago? Look what happened to Moses' sister. She was punished. God forgave her, but she was punished. Why would you want to go against God's word? If God has chosen Moses to be the leader, then that is God's decision. Don't fight it. But God has chosen Jesus to be our saviour. Don't go back to the world. Don't give up on him. God will be far more angry if you don't listen to the Son. The Son of God. And that's why, you know, when I hear... Blaspheming on television. I hear the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, just trodden into the mud. And people consider Jesus as, as fun, as a joke. And yet, he is God's holy son who came to this world to be our saviour. Is it not a frightening thing to speak out against him? This is a very sobering text for us. In fact, it says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? How shall we escape? So friends, finally I want to just say this by way of conclusion. If ever we feel that our hands are drooping and our knees are knocking and you know, we are really wondering, can we carry on? Is church worth it? Then remember the words of Hebrews 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus, 
the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross because he could see you and I and scores and multitudes of people that would come, the sons and daughters of glory, and he endured the cross. And we should think about him, we should meditate on, on him, we should remember him. Especially when our faith is wavering and you feel battered by life. And you think, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I don't get so much from public worship. It's easier to be at home and, 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 and oh, you know, it's just such a trouble. But the Hebrew, writer of the Hebrew says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Not just a quick glance, not just a momentary glance, but a fixed gaze, a concentrated gaze on the Lord Jesus. And I think, friends, we should train ourselves to do this every day. I'm so encouraged that so many of us, we either listen to some good Christian music or we, we read a passage of scripture, we, we try to focus our gaze on Jesus because he is our high priest, our apostle, the faithful one. And as we immerse ourselves in these truths, we are more able to face the challenges of the day. I absolutely believe that. Week by week, holding on to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then we are less likely to backslide, less likely to become lukewarm, and less likely to drift. So I think that's the challenge this morning. Hold on to your courage. Hold on to the Lord. Hold on to your commitment. There were times when you were really keen for God. You may not be so much now, but the times will come again. Hold on. Fix your thoughts on him. And that's the encouragement to Grenville Baptist Church as well. Fix your thoughts on him. And um, Angela said one thing to me, which really encouraged me this week. Well, she said a lot of things, and so has Martin, that encouraged me. One thing she said, the church fellowship, she said, may be small. The same is true for Grenville Baptist Church. But she said this, think big in God. And don't give your church service less, because there are few. Give them as much as if there were many because God's people deserve the best. And I think that's very wise advice because it makes us aspire to be the best and to think about the fact that we are in God. And that event that happened on Friday was a lovely combination of Christians coming together. I think there were about 22 of us or whatever it was. Many couldn't come because of the weather. It was awful weather. But we gathered in fellowship and we've raised money, and I shall be taking some of that cake to, uh, to the swimming classes on Monday and telling them all about it. So, you know, the, the work goes on, doesn't it? So praise God, let's just pray. Please, Lord, I pray, if any of us here are tempted to ease up in our faith and become lukewarm, please help each one of us, Lord, to be filled with the joy of your Holy Spirit. And please help us to fix our thoughts, to determine, Lord, to, to fix our thoughts every day throughout the day on Jesus. And then to ask ourselves the question, where else would we go in the universe for a saviour? Where else would we go for a great shepherd? Where else would we go for a God who loves us? Who can compare with Jesus?